welcome to the first episode of In the Garage. Uh, I'm Eric. Sitting across from me is Brent. And, uh, yeah, this is the first episode. Um, apologize for any sound issues. We've had some issues today. Didn't really expect to happen, but, uh, yeah, it happened, so. I expected some issues. I just know that I haven't touched this sort of shit in years, so, uh, yeah, and I... My uh, education is not uh, thorough enough for me to actually remember this shit, and I don't use this in my everyday life. So yeah, yeah, I'm Brent, and uh, for this very first episode, she won't put her name out there, but uh, my fiance Mandy has tagged along, and she is incredibly bored. Okay, so we're going to be talking in this podcast mainly about alternative rock music. Um, I guess we sort of specialize, we don't specialize at least in historical knowledge, but in fandom terms, we uh, specialize in sort of like the grunge era. Me and Eric are a little bit different on this. Um, We, well, a while back, many moons ago, as my dad would say, um, I got into Nirvana as the first rock band that I really enjoyed. Sadly enough, I I first got into rock music on the... piggybacking off of uh, uh, not good bands like well Our Lady Peace who's okay and Nickelback who well we all know is the greatest band of all time but seriously my uh, musical preferences back in the day were pretty dull but I wanted to hear rock and that was only rock that was played on pop radio that was played by kids at school so then from there I basically went on to ACDC for a very short term because I was like oh man this is a lot better than Nickelback and I heard Nirvana I'm like this is a lot better than everything <laughs> just a little it was actually just a little bit better. just a little bit yeah so and uh yeah i got into that i sort of bullied eric into becoming a fan i shit on him for liking uh 2000s era green day but uh, i realized after a while that you know maybe just massage the nirvana and pearl jam and Soundgarden and even alice in chains fandom into him um it worked for three of the bands he's not the biggest alice in chains fan but uh yeah, anyways, eventually Eric became as big an uh, alternative rock fan as I, perhaps even more so. And yeah, Eric, take it away on what your interests are and, and what, how you see your well, you rock. just said everything and, that uh, I was going to say. Um, yeah, I uh, took a while to get into Nirvana and Pearl Jam and stuff like that. And uh, But once I started getting into them, I mean, I have a pretty addictive personality, so... Uh, I just, I really dove deep into that, uh, that grunge era. I found a lot of bands, uh, since then, I guess it's been like 12 years since I started, since we started listening to that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I've probably dove a lot deeper into indie rock recently compared to Brent. Right. Uh, there's a lot of newer bands that I... That really... I've not really listened to, or I've half listened to. Yeah. Like, I'll listen to Always, you know, that's sort of dream pop um stuff i've listened to things like uh what's that what's that group called see this is how bad i am beach house not beach house although i i've enjoyed some beach house francis quinlan's the singer hop along hop along yeah i don't know why i remembered her like her name and not the band it's not like i follow them religiously or anything to know that yeah to know her name it's not like she's a famous solo artist yeah um funny enough uh well i guess it's not funny but today I just saw on uh, the Indie Heads subreddit on Reddit, um, My Bloody Valentine is counting down to something. It could be the announcement of an album for 20 years from now, but right. nobody really knows. But uh, that's just speculation that, although they're already on Spotify, I don't know. Uh, they remastered a bunch of albums a, lot, a couple years ago. I think they're going to officially put them on Spotify. And there's. That would be their big announcement? <sighs> Well, their last record's not on there, but... Oh, oh okay, because I think a big announcement should either be a tour or an album. It shouldn't be like, our big announcement is that a streaming service will play our albums. Yeah. Whoop-dee-doo. Well, it's my bloody Valentine, I mean, so... Right, right, but at least when they come out with an album, it, 
after a long period of time, it doesn't completely suck. Like some people who yeah. are just like, here's a new album. Then there's bands like a Weezer who are always releasing new albums and they are terrible, seldom good. Uh, I know Mandy over here doesn't mind some of their new stuff. I know that uh, sometimes I'm driving my car and we're listening to Weezer and I'm like, oh, Weezer, like we're going to be playing something from the Blue Album, right? Maybe Pinkerton, but mostly Blue Album because Blue Album's like the well-known good album. Yeah. And then we're listening to... Uh, a cover of TLC's No Scrubs. And she is right here laughing, kind of cringing, like, you fucker, I'm, get- I'm getting the finger from her. I mean, we don't exactly have these, the same tastes in music, but she likes some of Old Weezer too and Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's not right, Mandy. Um, yeah, so... Um, so I guess we'll find out what uh, My Bloody Valentine really has up their sleeve, obviously. Yeah. Excited about that, but uh, we'll probably be severely disappointed. Um, oh, you can't be as disappointed as, say, uh, when Stone Rose is announced they're going to release something new. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm not... Uh, I don't know, one thing I want to say about this whole indie thing is that uh, on this podcast, too, we might uh, go away from t- talking purely about 90s or even alternative music. We'll talk talk about things that uh, we are both fans of football. Not that it's going to be the focus of the podcast, but it'll probably come up once once in a while. The occasional personal thing will come up once in a while, and yeah, and even musically, like uh, I'd say, me and Eric, we like we we are our starting point is the year nineteen ninety one. Uh, I guess the ninety one to maybe ninety five era. We we share a lot in common there. Yeah, and then my tastes mostly go backwards from that point and Eric's mostly go forward not that Eric likes a lot of new like you don't like a lot of new mainstream music but you no. listen to way more indie bands than me I've also am a big fan of punk and like proto indie or not pro indie man that sounds pretentious but like uh, like like the stuff that came alternative rock before alternative rock was a big thing like uh, uh, Velvet Underground's a great oh, example yeah. of that even stuff like the Stooges who I haven't Sorry, I'm burping. I haven't ever gotten really into the Stooges, but uh, th- that's also, like, pre-punk stuff. So I like that and, like, New Order stuff, too. And Well, to an extent. Like, New Order's is, like, their hit and miss. Joy Division. Eric, uh, you don't seem to like that stuff that much, but you like some of it. I'm not, like, I, maybe you're not a big fan anymore. I didn't mind them, but I, I never got into the shins that much like you did. Um, I don't follow the new music scene that well so you're gonna fill me in on that and yeah i like yeah. some genres that aren't rock music as well um i like some old country i know that's gonna get a lot of shit um you know basically late 80s country like dwight yoakam well he was early 90s too he was the grunge of country and then him and um uh, george jones is not bad and all that stuff but yeah anyways we're not going to really go on on tangents about that shit unless i'm having a weird day but yeah i like that stuff in classical music and old rock but yeah my t- tastes tend to be a little older but we share a lot in common with that and uh, now i'm gonna let you take it away with whatever you had planned for because i didn't really plan much I, i'm sorry yeah. i didn't do a whole lot but uh, eric here had a decent Just a couple of notes i, on, I don't know uh, it's any good but uh yeah on uh, grunge so uh well ahead. i mean the album we'll be talking about today is uh, Nirvana's debut album, Bleach. Um, I think Nirvana is both of our favorite grunge band probably band of all time I mean I'm not really I kind of don't choose a favorite band anymore it's just kind of whatever I'm into but yeah I'm a little less wishy-washy I'm like I'm like the kind of guy me and Eric got into an <coughs> argument one time because he said I think Pearl Jam's my favorite band now I was so fucking insulted I'm like how could you do that how could you do that I'm like being a, I'm a huge asshole about music as if it's not subjective but uh Brent's uh, just an asshole is basically what he's well, yeah. he's getting at yeah I don't think there's anything no no I think like Team America would say I'm not an asshole I'm a dick and uh I fuck a lot of pussies and assholes when they get out of line so but I'm not I'm not a pure asshole I'm not 
I'm not doing a lot of t terribly mean-spirited things to people for the most part. But yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, I'm very opinionated. I like labels. Um, funny enough, though, uh, we were having a little bit of an argument the other day. Um, I thought Eric brought up an in interesting point. I know this is before the... Well, this has to do with Bleach a bit. Eric's of the opinion that the only grunge album that Nirvana ever released was... Bleach. Was, yeah, Bleach, because Bleach has that that dirty, almost muddy, kind of low-production, heavy guitar sound that was typical of other groups in the day. Starting like, out in like the grunge scene, I guess. Skin Yard... Green River. The Melvins. Mud Honey. And my thing is that grunge, my in my opinion, grunge evolved from that because of Nirvana's Nevermind. It got a cleaner sound right away, but to me, grunge isn't dependent on having a sludgy sound. It's usually a slower, more depressing, heavy rock music that you can clearly tell is not purely metal, it's not purely punk, and it's not even classic rock. And often they don't they don't even sound that similar to grunge bands, but there's something about the mood and the mentality and the, the generally depressing, heavy sound of it that I can hear and be like, that's grunge. And I think a lot of bands that they call post grunge after that aren't good like i like eric hates bush and i don't like the band bush either but i'm like they're a grunge band they're just a crap grunge band and you're not a grunge band they're a grunge they're band just like garbage. just like like you know um some 41 is a punk band okay they're not good <laughs> they're not a good punk band but a lot of punk bands blow but they still to me because of their fast-paced uh you know melodies uh well they're like pop punk but still like they're fast-paced melodies they're angry bitchy whining about nothing important you know they're punk that's just how it sounds so i don't think something is necessarily good because it's grunge but the the big four grunge bands to me nirvana pearl jam soundgarden allison chains are all great bands and some of the some of the even the the less famous ones little smashing pumpkins are pretty good Smashing Pumpkins, yeah, I know they're not generally always considered, and I consider them actually to be a grunge band. But yeah, they're they're a they're a great grunge band too. So, anyways, Eric, sorry, I that was a large aside. Go to whatever we were supposed to talk about. Moving on to talking about what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah. Um. So obviously, in the mid nineteen eighties, was uh, the Seattle scene that years later would obviously take over the world by uh by, by storm, storm. As the yeah goes. um green river and Soundgarden and uh screaming trees and the melvins had all formed by 1985 and uh, the following year was the formation of the local label sub pop uh who would play obviously a huge part in the seattle music scene uh out of those bands green river was the first to release a record uh it was an ep called come on down and it was uh released in 85 it's uh often credited as being the first grunge record to be released uh in 86 the local label c slash z or cz i don't know okay uh, they released their compilation album, uh, Deep Six, which featured Soundgarden, The Melvins, Skinyard, Green River, to name a few. And then Sub Pop also released a uh, compilation album called Sub Pop 100. Uh, in 87 is when Nirvana formed, as well as Alice in Chains. Uh, in the following year, 1988, uh, was a pretty big year for the music scene. Green River broke up, split into two groups, Mud Honey and Mother Love Bone. Uh, Soundgarden signed to the major label uh, A&M, and they released Ultra Mega OK in November of that year. Uh, Mud Honey put out their single, Touch Me I'm Sick, and later the EP Super Fuzz Big Muff, which helped pave the way for the other uh, grunge bands. And uh, finally, Nirvana released their first single, Love Buzz, on Sub Pop uh, towards, a, towards the year of 1988. And, uh, wait, 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 wait. In the year of 1988? In the year. Or sorry. Towards the end of 1988. Oh, okay. 
January 1st, 1989, they signed their uh, one-year contract with Sub Pop and released the debut album Bleach on June 15th, 1989. Uh, before Nevermind was released, Bleach sold only... Well, not only, but they sold 40,000 records, and since then it's sold uh, 1.9 million copies. Oh, okay. sorry to butt in, but uh, you know that if you sell 40,000 in your first week now on the mainstream charts, album sales are so low that you'll probably get a top 10 position. It just goes, really? to, show, it goes to show how little people buy albums. Now it's like they're measuring it by streams, and almost everyone on it that's listed high is terrible. Huh. And I include yeah. the rock bands. Foo Fighters. <laughs> Sorry, they were good at a point, but not the first two albums were really good. Yeah. Uh, so because Bleach sold 1.9 million on Sub Pop, it's their highest selling record. Still. And it still is, and it's probably not going to be touched, be well, surpassed. It might. I don't know who would. Right. Who would? All right. Um, well, I guess Taylor Swift is just going to have to drop an album <laughs> on, on Sub Pop. We'll have her, maybe some Nicki Minaj, maybe yeah. some other other stuff that we're really, real big fans of, all that modern top 40. Maybe someone else, if they just, if someone else decides, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna sign to Sub Pop and I don't make the kind of music you make, it's like, yeah, they, they'll outsell it. But if they keep selling what they do, which is basically indie rock, or just non-mainstream music, you can pretty much guarantee that no one's going to sell that much. Yeah. Uh, so Bleach cost $606 to make. Yes, but Jason Everman supply, supplied all that money for them. Well, I mean, I, first of all, I hope he was paid back with some <laughs> never-mind money once they became uh, multi-millionaires. And- Shit out of luck for that guy. Left... Or he was fired from Nirvana. I don't know if he quit or was fired from Soundgarden. Well, I mean, right before, like they all went, they all got super big. Fucked up. I don't know, but uh, well, he was fired from Nirvana and they didn't even tell him that he was fired. Yeah. Although he claims he just quit, but okay. Well, thing is, I've seen some uh, low quality uh, sessions of them playing. I I believe they're just playing in a maybe even a record record store. Yeah. Jason Everman's there playing with them. And everyone else looks like, you know, like they, they were rock fans, obviously, the, in Nirvana, they're in a rock band, but it's just like, you could tell like they're more like the punk guys. And Jason Everman just has the long curly hair. I'm like, that guy belongs in Rob Zombie's backing group. He, <laughs> he's like Zach Wilde Jr. for Odyssey. The guy just looks like pure metal. I'm not saying that he couldn't play because of that. And a lot of guys in Crunch had long hair, but it's just something about that guy. I'm like, that guy plays metal music. Yeah. Um, so with Bleach, Sub Pop didn't really promote the album compared to like their other releases, and it pissed off uh, Kurt a little bit. Uh, even though they didn't really promote it, uh, it was uh, ended up being like a pretty steady seller for the for the uh, record label. Uh, Dale Crover was, I think he was from the Melvins. Uh, he plays yeah. the drums on Floyd the Barber, Paper Cuts, and Downer. And he does some songs. Well, I mean, I know Downer's on Incesticide, but he does a decent number of songs. I believe he even does Sliver on uh, Incesticide. Maybe I'm wrong. Don't uh, quote me on that. Yeah, I think you're right. Of all their so- great songs they made, it's their first great song, Sliver. Sliver? Really? I, oh, it's. I think it's... Blue's pretty awesome. No, yeah, okay. Well, I think... Swap was, was Sliver made, though, before those? Sliver was made in uh, 1990, September. Never mind. Scratch that. There's great <laughs> stuff on Bleach. Don't discount this album. Sorry. Eric, carry on. You're an idiot. Um... There's two people in this room that agree with that. <laughs> it's not me. So uh, the Blue EP was the first time that Love Buzz, which was Nirvana's first single, was released in the UK. Uh, the Blue EP has my favorite version of Been a Son. I prefer it to the uh, Incesticide oh, version. Oh, it, it, wait, is it the same version that appears on The Greatest Hits? Yeah. Oh, that's such, that's a much better version. It sounds... It's not as fast. It's kind of slowed down a little bit. It's not as fast, slowed down, but it's it's fuller. The guitar texture is, it's still rough sounding, but it's, it's got a sort of rich sound. It's not like, it just, it just doesn't sound full. It sounds like a, a decent live recording on Incesticide. Yeah. It sounds like a much different 
song on it doesn't even, it's not even nirvana's typical style but still sounds like nirvana and yeah it's the blue version is very good anyways um so i guess we'll get into the track listing now for uh for bleach um we'll start with obviously track number one blue i don't know, maybe second best song on the album um i don't think i agree with that but i do think it's a good song i think swap me might be i do like swap the best uh, I, one of my favorite songs on it is one that you have said that you're not, at least for Nirvana standards, not a big fan on. But Which we'll, one is we'll, that? Oh. We'll find out. Uh, so when they recorded Blue, they accidentally recorded it one step lower than they actually intended to. Did not know that. Um, they uh, were already in drop D tuning and they went down all, all the way to, to drop C. All right, E is higher. Never mind. Boy. <laughs> Boy, am I a musical genius. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. Um, I know, it's a pretty, got a pretty good solo on it. I mean, in the later albums, wasn't really uh, into solos? S- complex solos. Oh, he did yeah. more just melodic. Right, right. He, they, they would basically take like the melody of the verse and yeah. play it like you know. Um, Great bass line. Does and uh, I think the grunge thing when they like. Uh, I don't know. It's the grunge solos are kind of like those Neil Young solos when Neil Young went heavier in the late seventies. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, hey, my, my. Even even in the 90s, he, he had the grunge sound, which is makes sense why uh, Pearl Jam decided to do uh, make an album with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Okay, so that's, uh, yeah, Blue is a very, it's a good song. I probably don't listen to it enough, but it's a good, nice mid-tempo song. Um, good melody, good solo. Anyways, let's uh, go on. The, there's 13 songs in this album. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Floyd the Barber recently becoming one of my favorite songs by them just uh on the whole i mean i wasn't i liked it before but not as much as i like it now like like a top 10 or fun uh, i don't know about top 10 i i mean i just okay. like it you like it i like it more. Okay. yeah like it more yeah I, i'm still not like for nirvana standards it's not one of my it's it's a little maybe too choppy um although i do like the suggestive lyrics about yeah, the Andy Griffith show. Uh, Andy Griffith show and <laughs> mentioning the lyrics Ant Bee's Muff. I mean, nobody in their right mind should want that. That's, I mean, if you've seen what Ant Bee... Okay, if you're on your computer right now, type in Ant Bee in Google and then ask yourself, do I want to be in that muff? The answer is no. <laughs> no for everyone. No. Even if your thing is old, overweight ladies from the South, no. No, that's not a looker. Maybe back in the day, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in, like, 1925. Yeah. <laughs> boy, boy, is this going off the rails. Okay, I'm sorry, that's, that's my um, bad. But I think so, it's okay when... song. I like the lyrics. I don't think it's one of their more memorable melodies. There's a few songs. I, I, I find that maybe it's the weird... It's a weird thing, but uh, the... It seems like every second song on Bleach is like much lesser than the one before. I think most of the odd songs are better than the even songs or something, but I, I still really like the album. But yeah, yeah, that's not one of my favorites. Okay, let's go to the next one. Um, uh, Seminole Nirvana. About song. a Girl? Yes, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, I think that's uh, About a Girl was the start of I mean, not to start up. I already said one of the starts of the great songwriting is Sliver, and then you just basically pointed out that that came out after Bleach. But yeah. Although, I mean, I think the song Spank Through, which, funny enough, with a name like that, is actually a really good song. Yeah. And that's from 87, I believe, 87 or 88. But, um, yeah, About a Girl is is a nice mid-tempo, not very heavy, but not soft song. No. I, I think they probably do it better on Unplugged. Really? Acoustically? I think so, maybe. 
It's, it's very good either way. Uh, um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. I kind of prefer the electric you, you version. Prefer the electric version. But it's a it's a good song. It's short but sweet. I don't know. I'm not sure what else. It's, I have to say, uh, but it's good. Very Beatles-esque. I mean, he wrote it after listening to the Beatles over and over again for like a whole day or something like that. Um, it's kind of like I don't know, just like a classic. 60s pop song sound, but just with more distortion and yeah, edge version. to it. Yeah, it's a no, really good song though. Okay. Uh, next, school. Yeah, this is a song. This is one of my favorites on the album, and it doesn't have um, it doesn't have a typical Nirvana riff. It sounds sort of like classic rock. If classic rock was a lot angrier with a bit of punk in it, but it's yeah. really. I enjoy the the solo too, um, or yeah, there's the solo is good. But I also like one thing that Nirvana does that I really like is whenever they have some sort of interlude, or they have, they have a bridge or something like that. And in this song, they just have a very quiet part where it keeps repeating. You're in high school again, yeah. and it builds up to another uh, very screechy ending to the song. It just goes back to the chorus, and I think it's just an intense, another intense song. And uh, to me, it's it's one of my favorites on Bleach for sure. Yeah. I don't know about it. No, it's a pretty... Yeah, I like it a lot. It's a pretty awesome song. It's got some... I thought great... you didn't like it as much. Because I thought you said something about it being, at least within Nirvana's uh, catalog, overrated. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm, I don't even remember saying that. I guess okay. it was a while ago. Maybe we're misremembering things. Maybe. Um... Yeah, no, it's a great song, great live song. I mean, that riff, is, opening riff is, or I guess just the main riff overall is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It, it's 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 well played on maybe their best recorded live performance, which I know a lot of people will say is live at Reading. It's probably Paramount. Yeah, that's my favorite. Paramount. Uh, well, I like that by one. Them. Live and loud. And live and loud. I like those both more than Reading. Yeah. I think Reading is just like you know what? It's just it's the the recording sounds a little duller. Yeah, but it's still very good, and it's also the thing about Reading is that uh, the, the atmosphere is an outdoor concert at a headlining a big British festival. I get it. Yeah, that's that's uh, and there's also I don't know what that concert is, but they had one in Brazil. You know, the one where they're dressed in drag. Yeah, and that's so that's supposed to be the good concert, or was the pajama one the terrible concert? Well, was it terrible because they were playing bad, or because they gave up because things were going? Uh, I think they were just playing badly. Cur- and one of those concerts, he was pretty fucked up on uh, on something. Where he was, like, going up to the camera and, like, spitting into it. And I think it was that concert that was terrible. I and then they he, came I think, back. I think the, the pajama one was worse. I think they're... Yeah, that, that is the pajama one, yeah. Okay, but anyways. Okay. Anyways, uh, sorry. I digress. We're no, on. Paramount's definitely my favorite concert. I, lo- I like that they uh, stayed in standard tuning for it. A lot of their concerts... I don't know if before or after that. Definitely after that as well. They went down to like trap D tuning. No, no, like half, well, half, half step down. Oh, okay. What's that called? I'm not. Uh, just half step down, I guess. Okay. I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, See, I'm not. I'm not a big music terminology guy. I can't really play music, but so I, I know. I know what sounds good to me. That's that's basically what I'm going on. <laughs> Paper cuts. Is that, is that the next Wait, one? Wait, no, no. School. No, after, after school? school is uh, Love Bus, which is a cover oh, of yeah, Shocking Love Blue, who's Pretty good more song. famous for uh, I'm Your Venus, Oh I'm yeah, Your yeah. Fire, Your Desire. But their version of the song, although it is famous, probably not as famous as whoever, whatever shitty little pop group covered that in the 80s. Yeah. Venus, a song so big that 20 years from that point, they would be making Gillette Venus Razor commercials yeah. with that song. So what do you think of Love Buzz? Um, I do like it. I, it's 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 a great. It's not. I don't think that's like the best chorus or whatever, but it's, yeah. it's a great guitar work. I yeah, think. yeah. That's the thing with uh, with Bleach. I think it's not his best um, songwriting. Songwriting, but even pro- he, his probably his best guitar work in terms of technicality. Like he and, and even ex- experimentation when it comes to that. He, he wasn't. Yeah satisfied with just like first chorus first done like their, yeah. their solos and stuff and it seems a lot of it sounds improvised like I'm not sure how many times they went through the song but it doesn't sound yeah. like a clean solo no like and, the yeah the riff to uh, swap meet 
is pretty difficult to play. I mean, I'm obviously I'm not uh, a very talented guitarist, but j just it's it's a weird kind of rhythm to the rhythm to the riff. It's, and never try to, that one in bass. To be able to to play it the way that he does and sing it is pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, no, I think Bleach is probably his best guitar work in terms of skill and technicality. Right, right, and, and in terms of um, effort they put into guitar too, I think yeah. that's good. And, and just the focus is more on guitar, but here's one yeah. thing I have to say about that song before you get to the next one. I know we're talking about the songwriting, it's not that it's their best songwriting album, it's not their best production album, obviously with those that kind of money. With Bleach? Yeah, yeah. it still sounds Although I love really that, good. I love the production sound, I like the... Right, right, it's, 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 uh... They didn't have to pretend. They didn't have to be like later with in Euro. It's like okay, we have all this money, but we want to make uh, we <laughs> want professional down. to set make it sound stripped down. When, when in reality, you can make it sound stripped down by just not having much money. Yeah. But um, the thing is about songwriting, you can't if, if you don't think it's a well written song. I think it's still a good song, but it's it, they didn't write it. It was a cover. Yeah. But as I mentioned earlier, okay, so now we're on paper cuts. Paper cuts. Oh. Besides, I think between Paper Cuts and Downer, probably my least favorite on uh, on Bleach. I like the fact that they mention their band in the song. In Paper Cuts? Nirvana, Nirvana, It's very choppy all over the place. It's not my favorite song by any measure to it. It's slow, it takes yeah. a while. But yeah, I still enjoy it. I don't think there's a song I really don't like on there. And I mean, I'm biased because I'm a big Nirvana fan, but I can legitimately say that I don't really enjoy listening to Hairspray Queen, for example, on Incesticide. His, yeah. It, he's screwing around and he's not taking the song seriously. Although, I mean, it still has some funny moments. It's not, there's no purely terrible Nirvana song. Beans does not count as a song. That's just them yeah. sucking up helium and saying shit. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but yeah, no, Paper Cuts is, is a lull in the album. I think it quickly gets better with the next track, which is also Negative Creep. angry sounding his yeah. voice is very guttural yeah you can't even sometimes he sounds really angry and he sounds like a negative creep when he sings it so he's yeah. singing it to the how it should be and it's just the the short like you know what they make their there's not a lot of like fade on the guitar it's like very crunchy guitar but yeah. without without the stupid um, what, what do they call that? Palm muting. Not, yeah. they, they didn't pull excessive, they weren't palm muters, I'd no. say, in Nirvana. But, uh, yeah, just a really angry short song. Um, Great live song. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know, I think it's, it, it wasn't one of my favorites on the album before, but... It's screw on you. Yeah, it's I think with me too. Alright, next one. Scoff. Sorry, am I, is there some history behind these songs that you want to mention? Because you have to ah, mention about some of the other things. Not really. Okay. Just whatever I could find, I guess. All um, right. Scoff, pretty good song. Great drumming by Channing. Channing, if that is him on drumming on there, because I know he split up. Or some songs were, were uh, recorded by other drummers. Of course, it's pretty yeah, awesome. Probably the best yeah, part of the song. I'm a failure. Is that what he's saying? I have no idea what he's saying on oh, the well, song. That's, that's, that's the thing about Nirvana. Um, uh, I'm going to sorry go back to uh, my relationship and driving in the car with uh, my fiance Mandy. She gets very disappointed when she can't sing along with the song. She's, she's pretty good at remembering song lyrics. And I'm like, yeah, this is my favorite band, and I don't think I could sing a damn lyric from it. That, that's me a lot. Like sometimes it's a bit different if it's something like lithium or something with memorable lyrics. And yeah. Where it's there's not enough there's not so much guitar that in it that you can't tell what he's saying. Um. Okay, she's squinting at me now. <laughs> not a, not liking the mention. Honestly, the the course to <laughs> scoff the lyric like okay the lyrics for the the course are heal a million kill a million. 
but when you listen to it. Yeah, I have read that before, but I forget, and I just go back to what it sounds like, which sounds like, yeah, I'm a failure. <laughs> like, that's, that's not even close, but that's what it sounds like. And that's where one, one great thing about Nirvana is when they go to have, like, a... They're, they're known for their loud, quiet, for their quite loud dynamic, where super quiet um, verse and a loud chorus, but this one is sort of not quite inverted. It's not a, so a quiet chorus, but the chorus is not sung nearly as intensely. Yeah. And it's sort of just a blase, like whatever. It's like, it's kind of like the style that they'd have on some like serve the servants, you know? Where, yeah. Like angry, powerful singing during the verses and just like, uh, like it was all let down. Even though this letdown sounds really good, that's what it sounds like sometimes in some of their later stuff or, or certain songs. But yeah, no, that's uh, Scoff is, it was at one time one of my favorites. Um, and I think this next run on the album is uh, where most of my favorites come up. So yeah. where are we on to? Uh, Swap Meat. Swap Meat. Okay, I thought Best song on the album. Yes, Swap Meat is very good. It was one of my favorites at the time. I'm not sure if it's my favorite. I don't have flat out favorites on this album. Yeah. I know that sounds crappy because I'm always the ones like, there's gotta be one that's better. Yeah. No songs are equal. That's that's why I'm always like yelling at people. Well, not really, but in arguments, it's just like, I can't just be nice about it. They're like, oh, you know, I think I like a lot of songs. They're all pretty cool. I'm like, no, but and with Bleach, it's not as cut and dry. I think Swap Meat was one of my favorite songs. I haven't listened to it in a while. I just know it's got really heavy, groany guitar. Yeah. And it's a pretty quick song. Uh, Great riff. I know I've been saying that a lot for what, this album, but... What is the... No, okay, Give Me Back My Alcohol is a line from Scott. Yeah. Which I like, but... Which is basically the lead up to the chorus. Give me back my alcohol. Give me back. He says it like so many times, and I enjoy it. But what's what's what? what how's how's Swap Me go again? Like I've heard it a bunch, but it's just like uh, the chorus is keeps the cigarettes close to his heart. Keeps the cigarettes close. Yeah. Sorry. It's just like the the name Swap Me for a song is not the most memorable. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. What is that song about? And yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's got steady tempo, it's heavy, it keeps going, and it's just, it's, it's over and done in a bit over I don't think minutes. they, uh, they played it that much live after, like, a no, certain no, year. No, it's not, no one I thinks, think... like, oh, oh, uh, Nirvana, they're that band that plays Swap Meat, right? Like, no one says <laughs> that, but maybe more people should, because Swap Meat is, a is a really good song. Yeah. Next, uh... They're more famous for this one, next. Mr. Mustache. memorable chorus. Who doesn't like the sealer poop in a bar? Can I guess send it to someone that you don't like? Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's a pretty good prank, yeah. especially or if you if you like the person, but you you guys like to prank each other, and if that friend is a Nirvana fan. Seriously, seal some poop in a box and just draw a mustache on the, this box, and then people will be like, ah, Mr. Mustache, yeah. great song. But anyways, okay, that that was a very stupid little bit that I just spoke of, but um, it's got a good. It's a very quick song. Yeah. Um. It's a fun song, obviously, lyrically and stuff. And yeah, it's 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 one of the stronger. It's this is part of their strong streak. It's at the end of the album. They they start yeah. off really strong. They get a little weaker. Most of the songs in the middle. It's well, I mean, not that it's really that weak, but it's a little weaker. Yeah. And then the end, it ends strongly. So okay, now I know what the next song is, and I'm gonna start talking about it. If you're okay with that. Go ahead. Yeah. Sifting. Yeah. It's a long song. Yeah. They have a guitar solo that. Correct me if I'm wrong, it's probably the longest. It's probably close to a minute in length. 
It's a very slow yeah. one. I can't see any other solo of theirs going past it's that. It's just, it's a weird slow song, and they never had a weird slow song like that again until Big Long Now, which is one of my favorites from Incest. Super creepy song. Yes, and I think Big Long Now is a better song. Sift Sifting was at one time my favorite song on Bleach. I'd probably take that back, but still in the top half. Um, it's just, I don't know. You, you describe the song, Eric. I don't know. Honestly, I don't listen to Sifting that often. Uh, listen to it more. <laughs> I mean, there's songs like I haven't listened to like Floyd the Barber as much as you have probably. Yeah. But this just goes. Yeah, I remember how it sounds. But... Yeah, you you remember? It's like afraid. I don't remember the lyrics. Yeah. Wouldn't it be fun? It's just like a slow brooding song. Yeah. It's not. It's not a fun Nirvana song, but it's I, I still enjoy it. It's 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 so much different than your typical Nirvana song. Yeah. It's a lot of quality. It's a good song. A lot of tracks on the uh, on Bleach. On Bleach, pretty fast paced. They're fast paced. And then they, sifting they, like slows it down a lot. Right. It slows it down, but they have this weird, crunchy sound on it. It seems like even their like EP stuff around the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. Like Bleach was just way different, and it, and it surrounds it. It's all surrounded by stuff that sounds more typical, like quick, like low guitar, but like the the the, the typical quiet loud dynamic, pretty steady pace, like Nirvana is known for. And then in inside there, it's just like it, it like that's the bread of the bleach sandwich, and the bleach meat is like the crunchiest fucking <laughs> shit you've ever heard. You know what? It, it reminds me of not not in the sound, but in how it's it's so much different than the rest of their catalog. It reminds me of a. Uh, uh, my Bloody Valentine, because stuff before My Bloody Val or before isn't uh, isn't anything. That's their first album, right? Yeah, yeah. They have isn't anything. They have some music before that, and they have some EPs like Glider that come after. Yeah. And Glider has something in common with Loveless to me. Loveless is a very dreamy sounding band or a band, sorry, album, and. The other music, the EP music that they have, has somewhat similar guitar, but it's usually faster and more. It's less dreamy. It, it's it's less shoegazy, perhaps. But that isn't anything. Is surrounded by music that sounds way different than it. It isn't yeah. anything. Is not as dr dreamlike. It's not as hazy with their guitar. It's got weird drum beats. It's got weird songs that just like droning songs, like it's soft as snow. And then there's that one song though that I really like, and but I can't remember the name of it. It's just basically a heartbeat. Oh yeah, with a heartbeat, yeah. And it's probably the best song on the album. <sighs> I can feel it, but I can't see. It's a great album. Yeah, great that's a great song, song too. too. There's, there's now, let me see if I can look up that uh, aren't as good. That song. I know which one you're talking about. It's a really good song. I never talked so much about something I like, and have someone around me that has no idea what I'm talking about. Cupid come, which is my breath. Cupid come, huh? Anyways, <laughs> yes. Mandy, I definitely not shown you enough music. I've shown you some. Sue is fine. That's another good one from that album. Sue is fine. That's a quicker one. Yeah. But what's that song? The the heartbeat. Let's take a look at the track listing. See it's all I need. You can't. All I need. All, uh, you never should is pretty good. But like, yeah, it's. Anyways, sorry. This is restrained from Nirvana, but that was just oh, an whatever. example of a band that has one album that's not a very good album, but clearly not their best. Bleach is not their best. Is not Nirvana's. Yeah. isn't anything is not my bloody valentine's best but they still have these they they in, produce these individual sounds that really don't sound like anything else that in their catalog more so with nirvana than this example but still i don't know so anyways i like my bloody valentine's like earlier stuff before like their eps before um yeah i have this weird anything. thing where i'll have dreams about my bloody valentine yeah and I don't tell you these dreams, Mandy, because you'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Who's My Bloody Valentine? Isn't that a weird horror movie, My Bloody Valentine 3D? I believe it, there is one called yes. that. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, stupid comment aside. Uh, I always have this dream, and I'm like, there's, there's such a good song that I can't hear what it's like in my head. I keep looking for their old stuff, and I'm like, it's before any of their... It's before like 87, it's probably from 85. I can't find the name of the song and it's not Drive It All Over Me, which is one of their best songs. And it's is Kevin Shields amazing. a singer? Cause they, had, a, they uh, had that other singer before Kevin Shields. I think it was Belinda Butcher still singing on the track. I don't know. 
I don't know. It's it's a chick thing. Let's just say that. Well, I can't look on Spotify because they don't really have. No, no, much they don't have. There, but they don't have a lot. I have to search Wikipedia. Or I used YouTube. to have all their EPs at one point. I don't know where that went. Yeah, but. you you, because I don't really download a lot of music myself. Eric over here would, uh, yeah, he he do that work for me a lot, and I can't remember it. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just imagining. Maybe there's just this great song that's somewhere in my mind that I have to produce because it sounds like a My Bloody Valentine song. But I think it's a real song, and it's not Drive It All Over Me, even though that song is so good. Was it fast-paced? No. They're, they're, they have a song with cigarettes in it, I think. Yeah. And it's pretty good, but it's not as good as the one I'm imagining. No. I, 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 ugh, I don't know. I'll have to research that one day before I die. Not now. Which could be soon, because you're not uh, the healthiest person. Cigarette pretty, in your bed is the name of that song. Yeah, it's, it's a good song, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty healthy besides my teeth, which will probably fall out before I reach 35. Sorry, man, that's not... I will I will eventually go to the dentist. Um, so next, going back to our topic. <laughs> Bleach, yes. Big Cheese. Yes, that's, that's usually good a song. top three song for me. From Bleach, or all time? No, 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 not all time. All time. My all time Nirvana, greatest Nirvana songs probably have two or three from In Utero and one to two from Nevermind. No, wait. No, it's probably two Nevermind, two In Utero, and one non-album song. I'm not sure if you can guess them. We'll save it for another episode. No, 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 let's not. Let's not save it. <laughs> We're already on this topic. Okay, we, we can talk about more another time, but... I'm not sure if I can guess your favorite songs, but... Um, I'm just know, trying to think of what the non-album one. You Know it, You're Right? It, no. In you, you Know You're Right might be a top ten song for me. It's really good, but I don't can't say Aneurysm? Sure. I guess that's Incesticide. Aneurysm makes it in the six Sorry, to ten. Okay, wait. Trip. Are you talking about, like... All time? Um, no, non-album. So something like With the Lights Out? Yeah, I was on With the Lights Out. Uh, and they, eventually, they released it on an album as a bonus track in a special edition. Special edition? Yeah, you know how like they had the special... Blindest? No, Blindest is a great song, but no. It's, uh, it's so clear. When was it rec- Okay, when was it recorded? It was probably originally Nevermind? recorded in 1990. But it's not on the Nevermind. Okay, album. I'm trying to think. Uh, I've even... Old I've, Age, I've, no, Risk Horse Spurs. No, I've referenced this song... The lyrics recently, I said it should be a, could be another name for our podcast if we move to a different room. Oh, fuck, Sappy. Sappy. Yeah. Sappy is me. Is it's all? Sometimes it's been my favorite. Sappy is song. probably a top five for me. Sappy is probably. Third. Man, that song went through like tons of different renditions. For that was like the one song. Fuck. Can I give talking, you my talking a bit too loud? But yeah, that was the one song that Kurt kind of felt like he just couldn't perfect. And he just re-recorded it a bunch of times. The one that they released on that compilation album in for the AIDS charity? Yes, that's the best version. That's the best version. That's really good. But they basically put that version, I believe, on the In Utero the re- 20th the anniversary, anniversary yeah, from yeah, 2013. That one's on there. And it's really good. And, oh, I love the version of All Apologies. with the, the, the It's basically like what you call skunking in... Uh, reggae where they just had that continuous guitar with the high pitched yeah it almost sounds like an organ but on on the in utero re-release the they couldn't they didn't raise the vocals up it's drowned out you can barely hear it and i've heard versions on youtube probably 10 to 15 years ago that were way there i remember there was a version that i had that i downloaded like i don't know 10 12 years ago that was really good. Yeah. I don't know where it is, but it's different from the ones that are on the record, the yeah. reissue. Yeah, no. Of a sappy? No. Of, oh, no, no, we're not. Uh, all apologies. All apologies. It's, yeah, I know there's some versions, like, I think there's other songs, like, I think one of Penny Royalty's best versions is I heard live and they're playing in Toronto in 93 and just slows it down so much. I'll have to check that one out. It's, it's Send it to me whenever you can. Uh, if I can find it. Yeah, but anyways, my top five songs, I'll tell you, unless you want to guess them. Penny Royalty is number one. It's not, but it's in the top five. It's not number one. No. Man, that was your favorite song for a long time. I think it's number three. Okay, top five Nirvana songs. You said three are from In Utero? No, I, I'll say I'll say one barely misses, but I say two Serve are Serve the Servants? No. No? Okay. Uh, all apologies. All apologies, number one. 
That's probably my favorite song, too. Your that, favorite? That or Drain You. Yeah, okay. Two very different you sounding know, songs. Let's not waste but... our time with this. I'll say it. <laughs> All Apologies is my favorite song ever, and I still find an imperfection in the fact that I think they should have had another verse. Repeat one of them. Yeah. That song should be longer. Yeah. But it's, it's my favorite song of theirs. Um... I've listened to it probably about 10 times as much as the next most listened to Nirvana songs. One of the few Nirvana songs I'll listen to and only listen to that song in the album when I'm not in the mood for that album and I'm listening to other music, I'll be like, I just want to go back for all apologies. Whereas if I listen to the album generally, I'll either listen to the whole thing or pick out my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, my second favorite song ever by Nirvana, it's probably ever too, is Sappy. I think Sappy. it's very close. Yeah. And then I go three is Penny Royalty. Okay. The build up, the Penny Royalty is maybe close to their best written song. Yeah. But in terms of like, I don't, it's n- maybe not as uh, creative and uh, as, at least all apologies. Sappy, there's just something about Sappy that puts it just a little bit above sometimes uh, Penny Royalty. But yeah, Penny Royalty. And then I go to uh, On a Plane, Drain You for four or five. Pretty good. Yeah, my thing with those albums is that, and I think I think I go to number six. I don't know, drain you and serve the servant switch places, and then aneurysms close behind because aneurysm sounds a lot like drain you. It's like a slightly worse version of drain you to me. How does it sound like drain you? Aneurysm. Yeah. They have the same. They they both have that guess, bridge. Yeah. And it's a, they're both quicker songs. They both they they're both played. Like their guitar's low, there's no slowing it down really. It, yeah. It's it's like momentum driven track. I don't know. That's what it is. But anyways, you say your top five, and then we'll get back to this album and we'll finish it. Well, there's only one more to go for Bleach. Downer. Downer. I'll just finish this. We'll finish it first, then I'll go to my top five. Throw away. Throw away track. Yeah. I don't give a shit about it. No, it's it's the worst song. I think it's worse than. It has less character than Paper Cuts even. Yeah. I think it's the worst song. It's quick, but it's not that interesting. It's one one song that's the closest Nirvana gets to it. It's it's a mediocre Nirvana song. Yeah. And I don't say that a lot about Nirvana, even their lesser songs. But yeah. I think he was uh, when he wrote it. I think he was trying to do like a Black Flag type yeah. song. He was influ- or at least influenced by Black Flag. It's just it's too much quick little bass things. It's not even particularly catchy. Yeah. Um, it gets better once the chorus comes in yeah it's better than like what leads up to it but still yeah yeah it's uh it's not the best way to like i would rather end that album with big cheese yeah but even sifting would have been uh, pretty good and it's not weird ending downer so. the song that's on multiple nirvana albums for whatever reason yeah it didn't need to be on incesticide no i don't know why they put that on there yeah, they're running out of tracks to put on but they they have very good ones that they oh one of my favorite nirvana songs ever and my favorite cover here she comes now <laughs> Yeah, that's uh. Yeah, the first time I heard that song, obviously, was from Nirvana, and then I heard the original. I definitely prefer Nirvana's version. Man, Nirvana was good at covering songs. Yeah, they they made songs a lot better than they were, and I think they they didn't pick the band's best songs. Like when they they covered uh, David Bowie, they could have gone for um, Space Oddity, Oddity, you know, like Ground Control, yeah, Major yeah, Tom. Yeah. They could have done. Uh, they could have done Heroes. They could have done uh, Ziggy Stardust. No, but they did The Man Who Sold the World, which was the leading track on that. I, well, I'm not sure if it was the first one, but it's, the, the, it's from the album Man Who Sold the World. And I don't think it's a good song. I'm not a Bowie fan, but I'm like, it sounds weak. Yeah. And Nirvana made it sound. It made it. There's some gravitas, as you some people say. Like, it's serious. It's, 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 it, they take the song seriously, and they make it better. And in all, throughout Unplugged, he adds, like, uh, sometimes he goes a bit over the top. I think it sounds great, anyways. Like just this. He kind of sings folky... along with. Uh... What? No, go ahead. So I was just gonna say, like, whatever the song he does on, on Unplugged, he he has a sort of folky, sort of like even twangy country voice. But yeah, no, that's just what I think about that. But yeah, we've uh, we've covered Bleach, and I think that uh, overall this is gonna be one of our worst podcast episodes. But still, it wasn't that bad. We uh, we strayed, but we didn't go too far from it, and we kept it under an hour. Well, I still have to do my top five, you fucking asshole. Okay, do your top five. I don't even know what my top five is. Uh, I'll, I'll, probably... I'll lead you in the directions. You don't have to worry about, it's like, like it's not like a deathbed thing. It's like, my actual favorite song was 
drain you, and then you die. Like, you know, yeah. it's not like that. So, uh, uh, one and two are either drain you or all apologies. Okay. Three? I don't know. Do you put Sappy somewhere in there? Sappy would probably be five. Five. And so you so have three, three and, four. and four. Would there be serve the servants? Not quite. Maybe. Oh, uh, on a plane. I, honestly, I really you? like uh, something like verse, course, verse, or old age. Would be oh, a yeah, top those five. Good. Those are good. Those are really good. Let me see here. But see, that's one thing I do when I'm like, oh man, I listen to Nirvana too much. Lately, it's like, oh yeah, but they have all those songs that weren't on albums that are really good. Like, <laughs> yeah. I always go to that. Not that, like, I don't recommend to any listeners out there, if there are any, besides my reluctantly oh, the guilt fiance. Um, oh, oh, the guilt. Oh, the guilt's an awesome song. Yeah. Blandest is great. Sappy. Like, there's so many great songs I never made to albums. It's hard to choose. It's, uh, maybe would, aneurysm? Aneurysm. Would Lithium make it? Yeah, I really like Lithium. Like it's, even, it's even like, though it's like a single, singles yeah. uh, song. To me, like it, oh, maybe I, you know what you know you're right might be top five. It could be. I I wish that like I think the bass is sometimes too loud and you know you're right and there's they, it has the rape me problem which is that they put the bass too high and the guitar is like it's obviously distorted and kind of loud but it's like it's not as powerful as you want and that's what they did great with the 2013 uh remix of in utero they made they fixed that problem but then they did something stupid like take the cello out of dumb yeah oh my god that's bad serve the servants could be a top five i really like i hate myself and want to die too that's oh, a great that's a song great non-album track and um, it starts off with dave Grohl talking about Watching a porno, porno. Some, some guy gets a fist shoved up his ass and he goes, ow, 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 And I just remember, like, I'm laughing at that. And then, then you listen to the song, and it's heavy and slow and super yeah. depressing. And it's called I Hate Myself and Want to Die. And it was written by a guy who would kill himself. Boy, does that get depressing. But, I don't know, it's a great song still. Nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We, we could probably oh, go on another time about, like, great... Like one one pot one of these podcasts that we do, we have to talk about. Like, if we had to make an extra album for Nirvana, their fourth studio album, but they released no new material, just what they have. We're not making up songs for them. We're not going to pretend we can write songs like Kurt Cobain can. Yeah, we are going to have to f- figure out. And not not that this is going to be a purely Nirvana podcast, but we start off with Nirvana because it just makes sense. Um, yeah, we, we got to do one like what like select. I don't know. 12 songs maybe like because that's what nirvana would do top for their 12 album. oh for the 12, 12 oh, yeah, songs yeah. that you'd you'd throw in and maybe some of them don't fit because the the production sound or whatever but whatever just assume that they could have produced them under a, a similar sound like they did with uh nevermind or in utero yeah and like so many songs that should have been on albums blandest oh the guilt um, oh the guilt yeah um probably do re me Obviously, oh, great song. Great. That was, Token Eastern song is pretty awesome too. Man, it's been a while since I listened to that. You'll have to go back. And what listen about to that it. song that's from that I like? That's really long. It, no, it's just it's just listed under Kurt Cobain, but it's for that movie. I was I've been listening to it, and I've thought, thought is this fake? From montage of uh, heck. Yeah. I don't the, know. There's songs I know that song. I, I have on my Spotify, and it's just listed under Kurt Cobain, and it's. But whatever. Um, yeah, there's there's so many songs. That it's they, an actual song of his. I believe so. I might be retarded, but. Hmm. I don't know. I don't it's know. It's not song any that of those be. that were listed. Um, Desire. Oh. Miss Farmer. She only lies. I don't know. I don't know what song that would be. I maybe can't think maybe of it. it's a fake thing. If you just type in... Probably fake. I mean, Brent's pretty gullible. He literally one time thought Nirvana played Smells Like Teen Spirit backwards on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And then I watched the video, and I'm like, no, you idiot. Somebody reversed the fucking audio. Yeah. And I'm the gullible. video. Sorry. It's it's my weakness. Oh, Clean Up Before She Comes. That's a good one. That's yeah. a nice, quiet one. I don't know if I'd put that on this, their extra album, if this theoretical album we have, just because there might be too many light songs, because a lot of light songs he doesn't have in there. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, if it is fake or it's a, it's, it's a wrong Most song. Most likely fake. It sounds good. Whoever faked it, did it. It's, a, it's a mighty fine fake. It's like when someone does a, like a Van Gogh or something. It's like, man, that's a... Oh, my God. We're almost at an hour. And we can't make yeah. an hour or else I'm lying. All right. I'm signing off. This has been In the Garage. Sorry, Eric. I know I took your job. What job is that? Signing off. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, end of the episode. Uh, a little bit rough around the edges. Yeah. Probably be better the second time around. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to record in the same area again, but... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. we don't want to lie, because it's <laughs> well, still in the garage. You know what? I'll still record in the garage All by right. myself. I'll, uh, although there's no Wi-Fi out here, so I'm I don't Brent. know how that's going to work. I'm Brent. He's Eric. She's Mandy. Good night. Good night.